everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hey everyone, Larissa Russell of Creative You Healing. Welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me Susan Yates. Susan was part of our second annual Loving Healing Creating Summit we ran in February and shared with us mindful mandalas. You can still get access to the summit at www.creativeyouhealing.com. Susan is a printmaker, online art tutor, author, and also a yoga teacher. She has published a number of books on art and creativity, as well as delivering online courses and a special Inspire membership group that helps to keep people inspired on a regular basis. Susan loves to combine mindfulness and yoga with sketching and believes that art can have a wonderful power to heal and help us to relax and enjoy life a little more. One of her big projects is an annual sketchbook challenge, January each year, that invites absolutely anyone and everyone to join in and sketch every day for 30 days in a row on a set prompt. Susan sells her own prints and work via her website and teaches all her techniques and specialisms in Linocut online as well. Welcome, Susan. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) For our listeners, um, I've probably said this a few weeks in a row now, but I am really struggling with doing reading bios lately. I'm not sure what that is, so I apologize. I come on, you know, at this point laughing because it's like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> so, welcome. And thank you for your patience, Susan. <laughs> oh, you're absolutely welcome. It's no problem at all. <laughs> so can you share some of your story and the path that's brought you here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I suppose it, it starts when I was a kid when I was young. I've always loved sketching, always loved drawing. I can remember when I was really young, just having little sketchbooks that I used to draw in and it just being a place and a time that I was really happy. um, And I felt the most me. Um, And I've carried on doing sketching and drawing and art throughout school. And then I went on to do a printmaking degree at university. Um, So I specialised in all printmaking subjects and had a fabulous studio access to all these wonderful presses and tools and things that I would I would die to have now that they're just absolutely amazing that you know I've got my little home studio here and I don't have half of the beautiful equipment that we had at university um so yeah I trained and specialized in printmaking and then I came out of um university and kind of thought oh, what, what do I do? I've done an art degree and I haven't, I did fine art. So I haven't specialized in a vocation or and most of um, the career advice was go and teach. And I didn't want to teach in terms of a school environment. Um, that wasn't for me. Um, I always thought kids weren't my thing, although I have children now <laughs> and I do love kids and I do teach uh, kids uh, on the side. But at the time, when I was in my early 20s, I I didn't feel that a teaching career was what I wanted to do. And my art actually just got kind of put to the side. I did little bits. I dabbled. I never let it go. It was my thing. I loved it, the thing that 
sparked and sort of kept me sane when I was doing, I suppose, serious careers or real jobs, as other people say. I say that in adverted commas with a bit of tongue in cheek, real jobs, because art is a real job. Um, but I think in terms of a traditional career path as advised when you're at university, doing art or running your own business isn't necessarily a career that is, you know, advised because it is so individual and kind of guided by your own um, skills and, you know, where life takes you, basically. Um, and I think I sort of continue doing art. I, I did start teaching when I was in my early 20s and sort of learned that I had um, a real passion for teaching other people, grown-ups, adults, and getting people who were, who'd never done art before, interested in art. And it really made me excited. And just seeing people sort of, I think with printmaking, when you lift the paper for the first time, when you peel a print up, and there's that kind of, oh, wow, moment. It just gives me goosebumps thinking now. It's, it's a really exciting thing. And I think that really sparked my um, love of creativity and also showing everybody that everyone is creative and that you can all have a go and it's so wonderfully good for us especially in the world that we're in at the moment um mm -hmm. I know this is a long I'm, I'm a bit of a long answer <laughs> to a short question <laughs> um but basically I think over the years as I did my serious job my art kind of dwindled and it gradually got less and less and less until I really wasn't doing anything at all and then I had my little girl four years ago and it kind of completely shifted and changed my whole view. And I and I basically sold my shares in another business I had. And I just went, no, that's it. All I want to do is do art, teach people about art, get people creating. And this is what made me start the sketchbook challenge four years ago, because I just believed it was if I was going to work and be away from my little girl, I wanted to do something I was so passionate about and excited other people inspired other people that just felt like I was doing something worthwhile and that was really really me not just doing something because I had to earn money because I want you know I didn't want to be away from my little girl for the sake of it I was like I need a really really good reason and I think for me I found my um I don't know my calling my passion in the last four years although I already had it I already knew all this stuff I think, I don't know, becoming a mum and having responsibilities shifts, for me, it definitely shifted my priorities and kind of said to me, you know, sort your stuff out. This is what you're all about. Get on with it. And I was like, that's it. So, and that's where I am now. I'm, you know, I'm in my home studio. I teach, I write books on art. You know, you said the stuff in my bio, that's what I do. And it, every time I touch anything arty, it does well and people get inspired as well so that's sort of a summary of my um my path so far <laughs> that makes some sort of sense <laughs> I I love that too because so often especially as women we will drop what's important to us mm -hmm. because we have to have that you know we're responsible and we have to have you know things in place like a job with benefits and you know all of those sort of things and to strike out on your own because you knew you had to be passionate if you're going to take time away from your daughter yeah. I think is really important and mm. really and I hope other women listening are hearing that right? and I've heard so many stories of women that find their creative side or believe in it so much more because they have children and you know my my business now fits in so well with my home life my little girl 
I can spend more time with her. And now that she's three and a half, nearly four, she's in the studio, she's doing printing and she's like my little, my little mini me, my little sidekick. And it's going to be great for her because hopefully she will learn that creativity is for everybody. And a little person's mind, a toddler is just the most amazing sponge of yeah, sure, I'll just have a go. And they don't mind if they rip up the bit of paper they've just done this drawing on. They just have no um, inhibitions. They're just creating for the purity of creating. And I think that has been eye-opening for me as well. It's mindfulness in its absolute purest form. They're here in the moment. Five minutes ago, nah, they've forgotten that. The future, they don't care. They're just painting this and they'll rip it up the next minute. And gosh, if us adults were quite so just free and sort of mindful it would be absolutely amazing so I think having um yeah having a little one for me has been a real eye-opener yeah absolutely I didn't I mean I I stopped and started my businesses um you know numerous times when my kids were growing up Mm. um always had creativity in our lives are you know everything creative and both my daughters have their own businesses now Mm. so I I'd like to think that that creativity that we had in the home was part of that right I think it is because I think if you run your own business you have to be creative you have to come up with and like creative is a big generic term it's not just drawing or painting or doing art it's creative thinking and I think as a business owner you have to have lateral thinking and creative solutions to problems Um, and obviously in the current times where you know my my other business I run a pottery cafe is shut we're completely shut at the moment we've had to shift to doing online sales and delivering baskets we've had to shift and become creative with our business and I think creativity is a very important mindset especially when you run your own business Um, and having that way of thinking can only stand anyone in good stead whether you're in a you know, traditional job and employment, you know, career in that sort of way, or you're self-employed, it's a mindset that is incredibly beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I I constantly am saying that about creativity being in everything we do, right? And so just the the more we can bring creativity into our life, uh, Mm, how important it is. 100% agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So then what does healing with creativity mean to you? Um, so that's a very good question because um, um, I think also because I've tra- I trained as a yoga teacher several years ago. Um, so I've been teaching yoga. Um, I've stopped currently because I'm not doing face to face classes and I have a toddler. So I don't have a quiet space in my home to teach online classes. Um, but I think that really learned me really learned me. That's terrible. English, and really taught me how certain things and and sort of mindfulness and just being in the moment can heal people in terms of soothing the nervous system um calming the body and I think I've always subconsciously done healing through creativity without really knowing that's what I was doing because when I pick up it it can be absolutely anything I've I've got a new art hobby every week (laughs) one minute it's this the next minute I'm into crochet then I'm into this that and the other I'm going to make jewelry next week it's you know one creative hobby after the other but I think the essential thread running through it is you get lost in the activity and getting lost in the activity you forget the past you forget the present you're just in the moment and all your worries your stresses all that stuff just kind of it doesn't evaporate it doesn't go away completely but for a moment it's gone because you're lost in the moment And I think I learned a lot of that through my yoga training 
but then identified that that is also what happens through creativity. And I feel that at the moment, I'm quite lucky to be able to combine the two in some um, some way. So I can be creative with my yoga teaching, but I can also bring in a mindfulness and a kind of holistic approach to art because I'm not, I'm, I'm whenever I teach, whenever I do anything, I'm not about, I'm not always about technical skills. Yes, you learn technical skills, but I'm actually more about the process of doing it, enjoying the process, enjoying the now and getting benefits out of just picking up the pen, the pencil and spending some time doing that. So I think creativity has a huge power to heal. And over the last year, since I've run a couple of sketchbook challenges, I ran one in April, one in September, ran one in January um, 2021 as well. I've had messages from people who have come out of being um, in intensive care because of COVID and then they found a, a sketching challenge and they've done some art and it's kind of, it's, it's not cured them, of course it hasn't. Medicine is brilliant, but mentally it has boosted them and it's given them not a purpose, but it's given them something to get lost in that is incredibly healing and it's part of that holistic repairing yourself physical and mental um and yeah I think from seeing so many messages come back from people that have done some kind of art for the first time in years and that it's meant something to them and it's healed them and that was never my intention was to heal people I just wanted people to enjoy art as much as I enjoy art and then I think I've, I've sort of noticed how deeply this has affected people so I think creativity has a huge power to heal and you know I love exploring that and I want to explore that more and you know I'd love to heal the world with art <laughs> let's, let's have small goals <laughs> um yeah yeah it, it, and it and it's so true I mean that's what I do healing with creativity mm. and I'm always talking about that dreaded p process right because it's not about the finished product <laughs> yeah. it's about the process and yeah. and getting lost in that is mm you know, that sort of meditative um, creation. So mm. important. So mm. important. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. So, so then what inspires you in the work that you do? Well, I think that probably comes back to the answer I had of the previous question. It's seeing how it's, it's other people. Um, I think seeing how other people react to what I do, whether that's coming on a course and, you know somebody's been retired they haven't picked up a pencil since they were at school and they're always told they can't do art it's not a job and then just seeing them find that childlike joy again in the 80s I'm just like oh that was worth it for that one person finding that little spark that was worth all the hard work all the video uploading and editing and all the the stuff and the process that goes on behind um I think that inspires me seeing other people inspires me um and also just you know, because I, I like making art for the sake of art. I, I don't do it to, you know, sell my art and to be famous or to make money. It's none of that. It's just, you know, I just love art. I think it's amazing. Um, it's always been there. It's always been in my life. Um, and I think it's just the one thing that sparks me and I can't put a finger on why other than it makes me feel good and it makes other people feel good. And I think, well, that can't be a bad thing in life. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, when you're saying that it's sort of about those aha moments that people have, or when they come back to you and, and say, you know, oh my goodness, this happened for me or, mm. you know, healed or, you know, whatever it is. And mm. it, it seems like always on those days when I'm just feeling overwhelmed, I get that yeah. email from somebody. I'm like, oh, that's why I do what I do. <laughs> that's why I do what I whatever do. Whatever you do, whenever you're dealing with, you know, people generally and you know, sometimes on like my sketchbook challenges, I'm dealing with thousands of people. So I get lots of administrative emails and I can't log into this or get to that. And so you're dealing with a lot of sort of bitty things that are not my favorite thing to do, um, the administrative stuff, but then you'll get that one email from somebody and you'll just think, yes, that's why I do it. That's absolutely why I do it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Mm. I do. So one of the things that constantly comes up for creatives and healers is about monetizing your work so what are your thoughts on that um I personally think it's a fabulous thing if you can earn a living from what you're passionate about um I think it is a uh, it is an interesting topic and I think it is a topic that comes up regularly and I often don't understand why because people will train to be a doctor and earn money from that that's their career they get paid to heal people whereas when you're creating art you're healing people in a different way and you're offering something and you're earning a living from it and often you know not everybody earns a great income from doing the, you know there's various income levels in every industry some people you know earn small amounts of money and will you know teach art or create prints artworks and you know it's a part-time paying for that materials habit that you've got going on um so that obviously there's varying incomes but I think if people can make a living pay their bills pay their mortgage feed their children have a roof under their heads from doing something that heals other people that is actually really rather lovely you know this is a a very supportive helpful positive career and industry and I don't feel that people should feel bad for making money from it, from earning a living from it. Um, you know, nobody questions the supermarkets that, you know, drive down prices, blah, blah, you know, there's all the corporates. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't often question that because there's the convenience of going to the supermarket from clicking on Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. And I have no, you know, I'm, I'm not bashing anybody or any corporates <laughs> or anything. I'm, you know, each for their own, whatever. But I, I think it's sad that sometimes, you know, small businesses and individuals, you know, sometimes there's, you know, criticism or people expect them to do it for free because of the industry it's in. So I think it's a massive topic um, and yeah, quite a difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I personally, you know, if I can earn a living from from helping people and doing art and you know that feeds my little girl and pays for my mortgage and we're all happy then I'm ethically absolutely fine with it yeah yeah and I think it's really important and this is one of the reasons I asked this question um is because I think it's really important for people to have sort of that understanding mm. because we all know about the starving artist archetype mm. right like we mm. you know artists don't make any money and and yet I surround myself with so many artists and healers who make a great living at it because, you know, they, they value themselves. And I think that's super important Um, because I think most people don't mind paying for, for what they're getting. Right. I don't think, you know, um, 
but it's whether or not you value yourself to put yourself out there and charge for it. And so that's one of the reasons I asked the question. Yeah. And, and I think there's yeah. also for many people, the, and I think this with any industry career, you're in it for the, the love of the career and the passion. Your, your overall aim is not to make the money. And if it is, it probably won't be your long-term career or passion or it will do you in, in the end, you've got to love what you do. And I think if you love what you do and you're right, absolutely. If you value your skills, your knowledge, your time, you need to charge for that. And I think I will always offer stuff for free because mm -hmm. I like to give, but then also I need to earn money. So there will always be the paid element of my business as well as always a massive big free stuff because you know there's people that won't try it out because they're not confident and they need that encouragement and I'm I, I want to tease those people in and go come on you can do it you can do this art stuff for free come on come on come on come on we can do it <laughs> so and I think that's really important to to be able to give people the opportunity to have a go um yeah. not go have a go but let me charge you that that doesn't sit well with me but if I can get them going and then like, look, this has been so good for you. And I, I often, I often offer donation systems for things because then it's free for everybody who either can't afford it or doesn't want to pay for it. Fine. But then also there, there is the option to, to donate. Um, and when I do that, I often give a proportion to charity as well. So, um, and that sits ethically, morally well with me. And I think also that is important for every artist business owner you've got to do what's right for you um and what sits well with you because if it sits well with you that will show and then people coming to you will value what you're giving out because you're you're doing it in an ethically uh, ethically correct no, that sounds very grand but uh you know a way that sits well with you and that and they'll see that that sits well with you um, yeah aligning with your values so that absolutely yeah absolutely yeah yeah so what creative healing modality do you use the most for yourself? Um, it's a great question. I, I do, I suppose I do lots of stuff. I mean, for me, it's just basic pencil sketching, just doodling. I think doodling is probably the, you know, if I'm really, if I need healing, if I need you know, if I'm really stressed, burnt out, tired, tired is the big one. I've got a toddler. She doesn't sleep. <laughs> it's always tired. Tired is the big one. The big T in the house. Um, it's, it's just doodling, mindless, mindful, doodling, opening a sketchbook, drawing nothing at all, but something. Um, and because I think if I, if I sometimes go out to do, you know, a still life drawing or a print or a finished piece, it, there's, there's almost too much thinking. So for me, it's very much the the doodling, the sketching of nothing, the you're doing something I could just throw away tomorrow that just makes me go, oh, that's okay. I've done something. It doesn't matter what I've done. <sighs> I'm good. <laughs> so I think that that's what I find heals me is just the simplest of simple stuff. And that, that just that need to create, to release, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say you're proudest of in your life? Um, I'm going to do the mum thing and go my little girl. <laughs> um, I am so proud of her. Um, I never thought I'd be a mum. <laughs> um, I, I really didn't. So having her late thirties, now I'm in my forties and seeing this little three and a half, four year old 
you know, I made a human, like that's pretty epic. <laughs> um, and I think I'm also proud of hopefully instilling my values in her and, you know, hoping that she approaches the world in a creative, um, accepting way because I think with every generation stuff gets better our knowledge gets better our understanding of other people gets better um and you know seeing her create art she's taught me stuff and I'm seeing her you know just pure creativity and having a go and just if I can just help one little person be so open and creative thinking from such a young age because they're just these tiny little sponges and yeah they teach you so much more than you teach them making it all up you know (laughs) aren't we all (laughs) yeah absolutely it's it's so funny my kids are much older now they're they have kids of their own they're in their 30s so um, yeah it's (laughs) I can't I just can't imagine my three four-year-old being that grown up (laughs) well and then you get to do it again with the grandkids and and not be so um tired right not to be so just get to enjoy the part so I must um, if I could have chosen having a whale of a time being the grandparents they absolutely love it they do all the fun stuff and they're like goodbye (laughs) you've got night time (laughs) exactly I love that it's my yeah it makes parenting so worthwhile (laughs) (laughs) All the difficulties you haven't gotten to the teenage years yet. No, no, all yet. those difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it reminds you why you had them. Yeah. <laughs> so if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would that be? Um, I think, I think having my small limited experience of teaching people, working with people creatively, I think if I can help people express themselves more or better um, and also not to worry so much about expressing themselves or judging themselves and what people think, I think that would be a really wonderful thing. I think something that you see a lot with people coming to art for the first time is the inhibitions, the, oh, this isn't very good. I'm not very good at this. I'm not creative. And they'll often counter that with, I'm not creative, but I do this, 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 and this. I'm like, that's really creative. (laughs) And what they mean is I've not done pencil drawing before. And, and, you know, if you've never picked up a pencil and done drawing before, you know, you're not going to have the technical skill that someone that has been doing it for 30 years might. It's a skill thing. It's not a creativity thing. And I think I've seen in the last four years and you know close friends of mine and family as well that have had that viewpoint of I'm not creative I can't do this I'm scared to express myself I'm scared to try worried about what other people say apologize for their own sort of work or choices of what to draw and I think you know if if what I do helps some people express themselves better and I, and I had a message from a a chap yesterday who's saying that his wife is part of one of the groups that I run and The art has been great, but it's also given her general confidence and she's expressing herself better and she's happy in herself. I just think, wow, if if I could do that to everyone, that they could then express themselves, be confident with expressing themselves and not worrying about what other people say. I think that would be a very positive um, step forward for the world to 
not judge oneself, not judge others, but also be able to express yourself, not just creatively, but just generally your opinions. I think sometimes we can be a very image-based culture and a very, um, we, yeah, we can be a little afraid, you know, lots of people aren't afraid to say what they, they want and that's great. <laughs> But a lot of people worried about if I say this, I'll get judged for it. Um, so more sort of, yeah, I hope that makes sense. More if people can express themselves more, I think that'd be a, a wonderful thing. Yeah, all about stepping into your authenticity, right? Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 and that's one of the things that I work with women on is that mm. stepping into your authentic authenticity and being mm. able to express yourself mm, and absolutely. creativity is such a way to do that right mm. and um, it's I think it's very brave to express yourself creatively and then to show people because I always think like my sketchbooks they're my private space to play and I think over the last couple of years where I've been showing people my sketchbooks it's like I'm showing my soul and you know that is quite a bold step for a lot of people to show your thoughts and to express it to other people mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely it's quite a quite a big step to to take that step and be brave and, it's, and I think it's really all about learning to to share in the right setting right mm. so you're not just absolutely. maybe gonna throw up your your first drawing on you know your Facebook page maybe maybe you will but if you if you have a, a group of mm. people who are all on the same journey and you, you're encouraging each other and you're learning mm. from each other. I think that's so important. So I think also learning to express yourself is learning boundaries, right? Yes. And learning mm. where your safe spaces are mm. and, and mm. learning what's best for you. So yeah, I think all of that. And I think that together. safe space thing is really important. I think as a, you know, a host, a facilitator, a, a teacher, that's what you're always striving to achieve, a safe space. Um, whether it's on a face-to-face -face course, whether it's a small group of people and everyone's learning something and sometimes things go wrong. Technically, you know, something goes wrong. You, you do something you don't expect to, but you're in a safe space and it doesn't matter and you learn from it. And whether it's face-to-face -face or for a lot of things nowadays, it's, it's online, virtual, as long as there's that safe space, I think that helps to facilitate the expression and the you know stepping into your power or however you want to phrase it I think that's and I think that's something I'm always striving to find out the best way to to create that safe space for people mm -hmm. I think for like for myself because you know as again facilitator mm -hmm. teacher all of that you're mm -hmm. you you want that safe space but I mm -hmm. think the more you set those boundaries in your own self. Like mm. this is a free expression. I screw up a lot and you're going to see me screw up a lot, you know? So <laughs> whether <laughs> it's the technical aspects, whether it's like, Oh, I just spilled paint all over everything. Yeah. You know, I'm a huge klutz. So <laughs> yeah, I'm proper messy and impatient. So I always want to do these like perfect prints and there'll be this massive fingerprint on the side. You're like, ah, <laughs> Um, but then exactly. you know, we're humans of course we're humans we're not machines I'm not a printing press I'm not a machine like none of us are it's like we're humans so and celebrate that that's that's what makes yeah. this stuff unique and sometimes hilariously funny too exactly and when you share that with people then they are oh okay she could screw up <laughs> I, I can screw up it's okay yeah you it's know. okay to screw that's up <laughs> <laughs> yeah so 
we imposter syndrome is something that again, creatives have a real tough time with. Mm. Um, I think women in general have a tough time with imposter syndrome. So what has been your experience with that and how do you deal with it? Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And I do agree with you that I think it's, um, I mean, there's lots of studies and statistics that will say that it affects women more than men. Um, You know, if you've got a job, you know, how many women would apply for it and men, depending on experience levels, we want to have 100% of qualifications, whereas men are like, yeah, I'll have a go. I'm halfway there. That's great. Um, That is a massive generalization, but there are statistics that back that up. Um, And I think imposter syndrome, yes, it is something that um, I think it does come into my mind. It does affect me at times because I always want to be, you know, whatever I'm doing or delivering, I want to have had the training or be completely confident in what I'm doing. Um, And I think, I think I've just learned that I'm not an imposter in my own head because I am my own head. I, I'm, if I do things with sort of genuine passion and belief and I'm just doing my best, then that's okay. Um, and I think, I think this is something that comes with experience and, um, you know, I'm not old, but it comes with age. I think, being in my 40s I'm very different to how I would have been in my 20s the first time I ever taught um you know a a printmaking class to a bunch of people uh, you know I was 23 I was petrified I had to neck a glass of wine before I talked because I was absolutely shaking thinking I can't teach I've never I don't have experience I've not done a teacher training and and it's like I taught the class and it was absolutely fine everyone had a great time and and I just think if you can teach and people gain from it, then that's not an imposter. You've just taught, you have the skills. So I think I've learned to care less. I don't know. Um, I don't worry so much about what people think. And I think that's a big thing. I think there's a lot of mindset. And I think the more you do things, the more comfortable you become. Um, And I'm also quite happy saying sometimes, you know, I'm learning this, you know, I'm not, an expert um I think just being honest and straightforward um and just expressing myself how you know genuinely I think helps with that um but yeah there's definitely times I wake up and go oh my god I'm not an artist I'm telling people I'm an artist this is ridiculous I'm just me playing in my studio with paints and pens (laughs) and people think I'm an artist (laughs) um and you know and then I have my coffee and go oh well I'm just gonna rock that and um never mind and you know, there'll be those highs and lows. um, Mm -hmm. And it will obviously affect more people than others. Some people will get deeply affected by it. Um, Others, it's up and down. Um, But it's, I think it's something that will always be there for me. I don't know. I think it'll always be there. Um, But most of the time, I I think I beat it. Um, Yeah, I I think, I think for me, like when just thinking about it, as you were speaking, Mm. it's, um, it keeps me in check, right? It mm. keeps me trying to do the best I can, mm. but then also being aware that, um, you know, I'm human. Yeah. And I do call myself an artist. I can't draw. I've been working on that. I ta- I've been taking your sketchbook uh, challenges for a mm. while now. Mm. And so, you know, I can't, I, I work on it, yeah. but I'm an abstract artist. So yeah. I'm still an artist. The fact that I put paint on paper, I'm an artist. Yeah. So, you know, 
yeah. um, we have to just remind ourselves yeah, of those things and there's um you know this stuff that I can't do like, I've never done painting I've never painted um I've always been a printmaker so I've never picked up an oil paint in my life I'm not that great at drawing people and faces I just don't do it so but then I I wouldn't say I'm less of an artist because I don't do a certain thing it's just that's not my specialism. Um, mm-hmm. and I think I've kind of learned that with time that, you know, you can't do everything. You can't be a specialist in pencil in pen in oils and acrylics and abstracts. In, you, you can't do everything. You have to have your specialism because, you know, you, I don't know, you'd never get anything done. <laughs> I, mean, I know I do a lot of things, but, you know, and I think most creative people do. We dabble a lot and that fuels and makes you a very well-rounded human. If you pick up lots of things and, you know, we're all multifaceted. We're not, you know, single-minded. I only do this and that's it. We, we are multifaceted beings, but, um, you know, there will be things you're not technically good at, but that doesn't mean that you're not an artist. Absolutely agree with you there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So do you have an inspirational quote that you live by? Um, I tend to sort of have a, um, like a mantra or a quote each year that is my sort of thing for what I'm focusing on that year. Um, This year is create, don't consume. I think one thing that I can be very guilty of is looking at other people's work too much because I love looking at other people's work. I love what other people do and seeing people that have just these amazing skills in things. And, and then all of a sudden I go down this little rabbit hole and I want to be them and learn everything about what they're doing. Um, and I think this year, my big, my big focus is to create and do more of my own work um, and do a lot more printmaking. Um, I was very fortunate to move house just before lockdown in March last year and I've finally got my own studio space after not having one for several years so I've now got my printing press set up I've got space to create and make a mess and no one's going to judge me or say clear that up we need dinner on this table right now um so I think for me I'm I've got space to explore and create and it's for me that it's the process of creating um and just I just want to churn stuff out I'm not aiming to sell, you know, this many prints or produce anything for this exhibition. I'm just creating for the pure enjoyment of it. I'm actually doing what I tell other people to do. (laughs) Um, So for me, that's my creative quote this year. But I think in terms of a a proper quote um, from an actual artist, um, it's the Picasso one. Every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist when he grows up. twofold because I truly believe that we are born creative our minds are sponges we are able to create to make that's what makes humans human is our ability to create to invent things Um, but I think teaching adults in particular and beginner adults coming to creativity my thing is how to get adults to stay creative like they were when they were toddlers and I think I've always loved teaching people coming back to art or starting art, having never done it at school. And it's finding that inner child, finding that playfulness, that um, that creativity that is there because we all have it in some form. And I think that is what inspires me is finding that inner child. Um, so that's my kind of proper quote that is really means something for me. But then every year I have a, a personal mantra or a um, phrase or a saying that I, I sort of live by that 
sits with me for that year. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And, and I think it is, it's important to have those personal messages for ourselves, mm. right? Mm. So um, whether Which it's regularly, because you're at different stages all the time, because we are humans, we change, we evolve, we learn. So, you know, what was great for me 20 years ago, 10 years ago, last year is different this year. So I think you have to understand yourself and the growth um, from, you know, where you were before to now. And I'm very much somebody that likes to put myself out of my comfort zone. I love a challenge. I love to learn something new because I think when you step out of your comfort zone, that's when the magic happens. Um, So I'm constantly setting myself new things, new challenges, um, raising the bar. Every time I get something right, do it twice now or do it this more. And I'm that kind of person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I I completely understand that because I'm always... I feel like I'm shifting and changing all the time. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah. You, you have to sort of absolutely it's so grow with that. Too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to share that maybe we haven't discussed today? Um, no, I think we've had quite a good in-depth discussion, really. I think we've put the world to rights. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've solved the world through art tonight and um, today. Um, so no, I, I don't think so. I think, I think there's just such a lot that can be gained through creativity art and, I think especially, you know, it's been a very difficult year or so for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people have turned to art in the last 12 months or so that have not done it before because they've actually, they've been searching for something to do and stumbled upon some kind of art. And I think I think that's been a really wonderful thing that there are so many more people creating than there were two, three years ago. Um, and... I hope that grows and continues that, you know, when we get back to seeing people that actually people are off to real life art classes to go and share and travel journal. And um, I had a whole course on travel journaling I wanted to do. And I was like, okay, cancel that. (laughs) No one's going anywhere. (laughs) Um, One day, one day, one day, (laughs) one day I will go and travel and I'll go and sketch the world. (laughs) Um, But no, I I don't think so. I, I think, I think we've talked about loads of, fabulous things so um no thank you thank you so much well I want to thank you so much for being here I've just, I loved our conversation so mm, no it's been thank really you. great thank you yeah. well to our listeners we will see you again next week and in the meantime I wish for you amazingly creative days are you a daily journaler do you want more creativity in your day we have two great creativity journals to start your day with one for people who already have a journaling practice and one for people who are new to journaling Both are an amazing way to start your day. Both make the perfect gift for a person in your life. Check out Have an Amazingly Creative Day and How Do I Have an Amazingly Creative Day. Both currently available on Amazon. Click the link below to purchase yours now.